0: Welcome to What's On My Mind, this is Dan Perkins, and each week on Wednesdays at 7.30 in the morning, I'm going to give you a new podcast on What's On My Mind. We'll talk about all kinds of things like politics, government, COVID-19, terrorism, energy, the stock market, and everything else. I hope to make these weekly visits entertaining and educational and many times thought-provoking for you. These podcasts will be single subjects based on commentaries that I've written for the week. Every week the commentaries will be different on a different subject matter. So make sure that you tune in at 7.30 on Wednesday mornings, and I will try and have you in and out in less than 10 minutes. If you like what you hear, tell your friends on social media to tune in. So now, let's get started. This is Dan Perkins, and today's headline is are white people taking over the Black Lives Matter movement. The headline of the New York Times said, one big difference about George Floyd protest: many white faces, end of quote. The New York Times article says that there are a significant presence of white protesters across the country. A team of researchers asked protesters they encountered about this, gathering data every fifth person, they spoke to in people in New York, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles. The results are initially a rough survey, but they point to some fascinating statistics. The researchers estimated that 61% of those surveyed in New York were white, whereas in Washington, D.C., whites made up 65% of the protesters, and on Sunday in Los Angeles, 53% of the protesters were white. More data needs to be developed, of course, to see if arrest records hold up to the initial results. Black observers of the Black Lives Matter protest were surprised at the significant number of white people marching in the demonstrations. White protesters can be seen taking down statues at places all over the country. If the numbers are correct, then the leaders, such as they are in Black Lives Matter, The movement should be concerned. This is especially so if young white people are influencing the direction of the protest and the demands to be met and are trying to take over the Black Lives Matter movement. Pew Research did a study of the Democratic Party on attitudes of old white men being the party standard bearer. The research shows that 41% of registered Democratic voters say they are bothered that the likely Democratic nominee for 2020 election is a white man in his 70s. Many left-leading Democrats who are supporting Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the demonstrations desperately want a black woman as vice president. For now, the two most often spoken of are Kamala Harris, California, Stacey Adams, Georgia. Harris's problem is that she could not convince Democrats to vote for her in the primaries. I can't find any delegates she won during the time she ran for the party nomination. If she can't convince Democrats to vote for her, then how can she convince Americans to vote for her? As for Stacey Adams, the vice president of the United States is a heartbeat away from being president. Miss Adams has never held a statewide office in the executive position. She ran for governor and lost. She contested the results of the election and still lost. Question is, does she have the qualification and experience to be a heartbeat away from the President of the United States? Joe Biden backed himself into a corner, promising that he would have a woman as a VP. Now he's under pressure because of the racial unrest in the country to be forced to pick a black woman. The single most important person responsible for Joe's comeback is Congressman from South Carolina, Jim Claiborne. In an interview with NBC News, Clyburn said, quote, I'm among those who feel that it would be great for him to select a woman of color, but it's not a must, end quote. The question is, should Democrats select a vice presidential candidate based on sex, race, or experience? Is this election going to be about... The vice president versus the presidential candidate? Two previous campaigns that were struggling sought to use a woman as a vice presidential candidate to create momentum for the leader on the ticket. Sarah Palin for John McCain and Geraldine Farrar for Walter Mondale. Both were thought to attract women voters to respective campaigns. It didn't work as both Democrat and Republicans lost their bid to win the presidency in a landslide based on a woman on the ticket. I don't know whether Harris or Abrams will get the nomination. I understand that seven-person committee that Joe Biden has selected is made up of five white men. I'm not saying that they'll be prejudiced against two black women or any black or minority women, but they will have an influence on Joe Biden's final selection for the VP candidate. One of the things that American voters will have to deal with is that Joe Biden will be 78 years of age when he takes the office for his first term. He will, in fact, be the oldest person ever to take the presidency of the United States, and so the vice president's selection could be crucial. I'm not saying that the former vice president can't succeed and prosper over the four years of being president, but one only has to look at pictures of Barack Obama on the day he came into office and the day he left office to see the pressure of being president aged him beyond his years. Joe Biden is faced with an incredible decision concerning these two women. One will be perceived as bad, and the other will be regarded as unacceptable. Not selecting a woman of color would be bad. It would tend to alienate the left wing of the Democratic Party. But if he doesn't pick a woman at all, I don't think he'll have a support of the black community or the strong liberal left. So if Congressman Claiborne says it's not a must to select a black woman on the ticket, then Joe may go for experience. That may be the best decision for the Democratic candidate. If Joe Biden selects a black woman, will she distract the voters when they go into the voting booth in November at the end of the campaign? As he prepares to make his decision on his candidate, Joe Biden will have to go into his basement and ask himself this question. If I put a woman of color on the ballot along with me, will the voters judge me on my selection of vice president rather than my own record? If I believe that they will, then I'll probably lose the election. Biden doesn't enjoy the notoriety of being the first presidential candidate to pick a woman for vice president. If he picks a woman of color, that will be a first. If he believes that the selection of a woman, or for that matter, a black woman, will lead him to the election, he's made the wrong choice. Now for the Perkins twist. The Perkins twist is an idea that nobody's talking about, at least now, but they may be talking about it later. So keep your ears open when you can say, I heard that before from Dan. The Perkins twist is I think there is an out for Joe Biden on his vice presidential candidate. There is a great deal of pressure to pick a woman, and a black woman is as his running mate. If he make that selection himself, his campaign goes down in flames. Like McCain and Mondale, he will lose in a landslide election to Trump. What if Biden punts the decision to the floor of the Democratic Convention? lets the delegates decide who his running mate should be, and up front agrees to accept the party's candidate regardless. If he does this, it should make for a great television, but he still may not win the election. This is Dan Perkins, and I'll see you next week.